Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Well, good day, everybody. Hope everyone's doing well out there today. Um, it's Friday. It's November 20th, and we're nearing Thanksgiving. And it's 2020, and it's been a weird year. We're going to continue our series of podcasts today called Dealing with 2020. And we want to talk about some relevant things that we all pertain to that all pertain to what we're dealing with right now and, and things we need to hear, things we need to think on. And, and I have a topic today that I believe is going to be helpful for us if we can wrap our head around it. And you guys know what the word extinct means, extinct. Uh, when you hear the word extinct, I don't know if you're like me, but my mind immediately jumps to dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> because ever since I was little, I've been told dinosaurs are extinct. And, you know, some museums have bones of dinosaurs kind of set up in the in the formation of a dinosaur, and you can actually go and see them, and I always wanted to do that. Um, I remember going on field trips, and every now and then we'd hit, we'd go to a museum, and they never had dinosaurs, and I was always disappointed because I wanted to see these extinct animals that no, long, no longer existed, but these magnificent creatures. Well, the word extinct basically means they don't exist anymore. They're not around anymore. They once were, and Something happened, and now we don't have any dinosaurs. And we have dinosaur-related animals. We have lizards and crocodiles and things like that. But there are no dinosaurs anymore because they're extinct. And I don't know what happened. I, I can only give you a guess as to what happened, but because I don't know. I wasn't around. But we did have dinosaurs, and now we don't, and we call them extinct. And there's other animals that are extinct. I think the woolly mammoth is another one, and, you know, I'm not going to list them off because there's tons of them. But extinct means it once was there. And now it's not there. Where I want to talk about something today that is almost extinct. I guess we'd call it endangered. Because endangered means if we're not careful, it's going to be extinct. And there's a bunch of animals on that list too saying, you know, if the eagle or whatever, I don't know what's on that list. But if, if the eagle isn't taken care of and we don't watch out for the eagle, then one day the eagle could be on that extinct list. And so today I'm not going to talk about animals. We're going to look at something that pertains to 2020. And it's courage. Courage. If you define the word courage, it's defined as the ability to do something that frightens one. The ability to do something that frightens one. And I want to talk about courage today because courage, I believe, is at least on the endangered list. And 2020 is probably getting it close to extinction because everything is fear. Everything is scary. Everything is dark. Everything is ominous around us. And I want to talk about courage because courage is all over the scripture. Some of those classic Bible stories that we've grown up hearing all are based on somebody having courage. And it's that what I want to talk about today because there's something that you and I are called to that's going to take courage. And in fact, if we don't have courage, it's never going to happen, especially in 2020. But David and Goliath, there's a classic story of someone that took courage to fight a huge giant, someone that was outmatched. Someone that shouldn't have been able to do something scary, but he did. He stood forward. He actually ran towards the giant, and David beat Goliath because he had courage. And yes, he had trust in his Lord, but he also had courage. He had courage when everybody else was shrinking back and saying, I'm scared of Goliath. I don't want to go near Goliath. Goliath will kill me. David, this little shepherd, this little boy, arrives at the battle scene and says, what's the problem? And he hears Goliath defaming his Lord, and he says, I'm not going to stand for that. So if all I need to do is rush into battle with this guy, so be it. And he ran towards the giant, and he took the giant down. We know the rest of the story, and he chopped his head off with his own sword because he had courage. Here's another guy in Scripture that's a classic story. It's Daniel. 
Daniel in the lion's den, right? That's another classic story of faith and courage. See, Daniel loved his God, and he was praying to his God, and, and the bad guys, they didn't like that. They didn't like that Daniel was praying to his God. They didn't like his God. They felt threatened by that, and so they basically connived and came to the king, who liked Daniel, and basically said, hey, king, wouldn't it be great if nobody asked anything except for from you? And the king's like, yeah, that is kind of a cool cool idea. So let's make it a law, they said. And so they made it a law. And so what they were, try, were trying to do is entrap Daniel to get him to not pray to his God anymore because they hated Daniel. So they made an edict. You can't ask anything of anyone else except for King Darius. And Daniel did anyways. Daniel did anyways. He prayed to his God just like he had always done. And the bad guys found out and they told the king. And the king threw him into this thing called the lion pit, even though he didn't really want to. But he threw him into this lion pit, and I think Daniel knew. I don't know if he knew exactly the lion pit was going to happen, but he knew something bad would happen if he continued to pray to his God. But he did anyways, and he did get thrown into the lion's den. And, and I can imagine back in the day that must have taken a lot of courage for Daniel to remain at his post, to continue to pray to his God, and to not be worried about even the threat of the lion's den. And we know the rest of the story. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. The lion's mouths were shut by the angel. And Daniel was fine. He came out unscathed, completely unscathed. Uh, just keep going. Here's a couple more examples of people that had courage. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's almost a very similar story to Daniel in the lion's den, except these guys were under the threat. They knew they were under the threat of a fiery furnace if they didn't bow down to the golden statue of evil King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar said, bow down, worship me. And if you don't, I'll throw you into the fiery furnace. So these guys, unlike Daniel, knew exactly what would happen to them if they didn't bow down to the statue. And this took an enormous amount of courage. These guys basically stood up when everyone else was bowing down because they were unwilling to give their praise and worship and allegiance to anybody but the one true God. And so the king wasn't messing around. It wasn't, uh, he wasn't giving a threat in vain. He actually picked these guys up and tossed them into the fiery furnace. And again, we know the rest of the story. King uh, Nebuchadnezzar looked inside and said, wait a minute, didn't we throw three guys into the furnace? Who's that fourth guy? And it says he looked like he was the son of man, i.e. maybe the Lord Jesus Christ. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were protected by Jesus from the fiery furnace. So there's three examples of people who had courage, and, and their courage led them to overcome the enemy. David beat Goliath. Daniel beat the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego beat the fiery furnace. And we love stories like that. Because it's like, look, see see what courage will do. If you have courage, nothing will harm you. God will protect you. And that's true. Typically, that's true. But there are stories that it didn't go that way in Scripture. And courage actually equated something scary, something dangerous, something harmful. Um, my wife likes this movie called Little Women. Little Women. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie. I would only watch that movie with my wife. It's not really my kind of movie, but uh, in the story Little Women, in this one scene, one of the daughters, there's like four daughters, one of the daughters is very sensitive towards other people, and she's always looking out for the needs of other people, and there's this really poor family. And this poor family um, doesn't have a lot of food, and you know she wants to bless them, she wants to help them, especially during the holiday season, so... Beth, I think her name is, she uh, she takes some food to this family. And this family had this like fever or something kind of disease going on. And and so Beth took them food. She wanted to bless them. And she was just thinking of other people. And, and she gave them the food. And Beth ended up catching whatever it was, a fever. 
from this family. And long story short, I don't want to be a spoiler if you haven't seen the movie, but it doesn't go well for Beth. And um, I remember watching that movie for the first time going, man, yeah, you got to be careful, Beth. you got to be careful. That wasn't a wise idea. <laughs> um, you, you shouldn't have been taking them food while somebody was sick. And I don't know if you ever have dialogues like that while you watch movies. That's why I'm laughing. But I remember thinking that, going, yeah, Beth, that wasn't wise. You should have waited till they were healthy. And uh, it's nice to think of others, but, you know, you would never should, never should put yourself in harm's way like that. Well, there's passages in Scripture or stories in Scripture that kind of go that way. And the biggest one is, is Jesus and the cross. Jesus and the cross. Now, Jesus is going to die for us, and we knew that's why he came to this earth. But Jesus, the entire time he lived upon the earth, knew, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that he was going to have to face the cross. But unlike the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, unlike the story of Daniel and the lion's den, unlike the story of David and Goliath, Jesus dies on the cross. He goes to the cross. He had courage enough to walk that path up Calvary um, to Golgotha, and he actually was laid on a cross. They actually drove nails into his hands and his feet. He actually hung there, and in a matter of hours, he was dead. So Jesus had enormous courage to face the cross, but this time courage didn't work out to being okay. He died. And Paul Fast forwarding a little bit, Paul, the Apostle Paul, was in a similar situation. Paul was constantly under the threat of persecution. And now he has an opportunity to kind of hang back and, you know, get to all these little towns or, or go to Jerusalem. Go to Jerusalem and, and continue sharing the gospel message to his brothers, the Jews, and the other Gentiles who live in the city. But you see, Jerusalem had already basically punted Paul out of there. They didn't want Paul around, especially the Jewish leaders. They wanted nothing to do with Paul, just like Jesus. They wanted nothing to do with Jesus. So, Paul knew that would be a hairy situation if he made his way to Jerusalem. And in this one scene, I believe it's Acts 21, basically all his Christian friends are talking him out of going to Jerusalem because they're like, Paul, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to die. It's not going to go well. They're going to persecute you. They're going to drag you in the streets. They're going to lock you up and they're going to have you killed. And they're saying, this is not a wise idea. Why don't we hunker down? Why don't we wait till a better season? And Paul said something similar like, if I die, I die. If I die giving my life to the gospel message, then so be it. I've already counted the cost. I've already considered that that could happen and will happen. And so if that happens, I'm ready to die. And so he had this enormous courage to, to stay focused and continue going to Jerusalem. And if you know the rest of the story, another spoiler alert, it doesn't go well for Paul. Paul is persecuted. Paul is locked up and Paul is eventually killed. And it got worse for Paul in Jerusalem and he didn't have to go. His Christian friends told him, don't go. You know, there's a time for courage and there's a time to be wise. And this is a time to be wise, Paul. And Paul's like, no, I've been called to give myself to the gospel message. And I know what I used to be. I know what God has made me because of Jesus. I've given my life to that and nothing's going to deter me. So there's three stories in the Bible, at least, of people that had courage and it worked out for them. David beat Goliath. Daniel beat the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego beat the fiery furnace. But then there's other stories. Jesus died on the cross. Paul eventually died as a martyr for preaching the gospel message. And now you and I have been given a commandment, and that's what I want to focus on for the rest of our time. Uh, this commandment is not hidden. It's all over Scripture. And it's a commandment that's similar to the one I told you in the story of that movie of, of that girl Beth who, who was trying to bless other people. And she ended up catching a fever or a disease from, from this family, and she ended up dying. 
And it's a really sad part of the movie. And, and if you look at that and try to make a lesson out of that, you would go, see, that's not wise, Beth. That wasn't wise to do. You should have waited for a better season. And do you tell, can you tell why I'm bringing this up today? Can you tell why I'm bringing this up today? We have a disease. We have a virus circulating the globe. And I believe it's a real virus. I believe it's a real threat. I have real loved ones that I know who are suffering right now with the disease. And I'm not here to speak down about it. I'm not here to act like it's not, not, not there and not a big threat. It is. But there's this commandment in Scripture, and I told you it's all over Scripture, it's not hidden. And I just want to read this from John 15, one of my favorite passages, where Jesus told us in the beginning of John 15 that we need to abide in the vine. He says, you're the branch, I'm the true vine, and you can't bear any fruit unless you abide in the true vine, so therefore abide in me. The only way you could bear the fruit of righteousness that God expects for you from the last day, the only way you could do that is if you abide in me. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you don't abide in me, if you kind of do this on your own and you're not connected to Jesus Christ, you'll never bear any fruit at all. So the only way you can abide in, or the only way you can bear fruit is by abiding in Christ. And it's a really cool passage because it's saying, look how important Jesus is. But if you keep reading, this is what he says in verse 9 of John 15. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. There it is. And we all kind of love that because it's, yes, Jesus, I love you. Yes, Jesus, I still believe in you. Yes, Jesus, you're still my Lord and everything's good. And as long as we say that, we're fine, right? That's kind of what Jesus is speaking about. But no, if you keep reading in verse 10, he says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus tells us what abiding in him looks like. You might think that it's just keep the faith, keep believing, like that, like that journey song. Don't stop believing. Just don't stop believing in Jesus, and you'll abide in Jesus, and you'll bear the necessary fruit, and you'll be fine. And on the, on the last day, of course, you'll go to heaven because you and Jesus are together. But Jesus says, well, if you want to abide in my love, here's what you need to do. You need to keep my commandments. It's not just belief. It's obedience. In order to abide in Jesus, in order to stay connected to the vine, in order to bear the fruits of righteousness, you need to obey my commandments. Because that's what I command you, and because that's how I abided in the Father's love. He says that. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, that's a wild thing to think about. That Jesus had to stay abiding in the love of his Father in order to bear fruit, in order to do his will, in order to be exalted one day in heaven. And it wasn't just, hey, I love you, Father. You know that I love you. I'll never leave you. I'll never speak against you. That's not what it was. Jesus says the way I abided in my Father's love is by obeying his commandments. And then he says the way you abide in me is by obeying my commandments. So that sounds a little bit different than just keep the faith, right? It sounds like we need to do something in order to abide in Jesus Christ. And these are my words. This is right out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. And he tells us in verse 11... This is for your benefit. He says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Basically telling us, if you abide in me, your joy is going to be full. It's going to be overflowing. You're going to be secure. You're going to be happy for the rest of eternity. The only thing you need to do is listen to my instruction and abide in me. And the way that you abide in me is by obeying my commandments. Now, that's the groundwork and the foundation he lays to say, okay, you want to bear fruits of righteousness? You want to stand confident in a judgment day? You need to abide in me. And we will all say, yes, yes, we do. We need to stay with Jesus Christ. 
And then he says, the way that you abide in me is obeying my commandments. Going, okay, really, Jesus, the way I abide in you is by obedience? You know, I don't know, that sounds kind of not very Protestant of me. You know, it sounds like I need to earn my way to you. And that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, I've purchased you from death. I've purchased you from the grip of Satan. And now you're on my team and now you're in my kingdom. And I'm going to tell you what it looks like to be in my kingdom or to stay in my kingdom. And the way you stay in my kingdom, the way you abide in my love is by doing what I've called you to do because I'm your Lord. I'm not just your savior. I'm also your Lord. So if you want to abide in me, if you want to bear fruit, if you want to stand confident on judgment day, obey my commandments. And so he doesn't leave us hanging in verse 12. He tells us exactly what that commandment is. Because you may be thinking, well, which ones, Jesus? I get the Ten Commandments. You know, which commandments? The two greatest commandments? Uh, what The ones Paul said? I mean, which commandments are you talking about? And Jesus doesn't leave us hanging. In verse 12, he says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment. This is how you abide in my love, that you love one another just as I have loved you. There it is. God has given us a commandment through his son, Jesus Christ. And he says, if you want to abide in my love, as I abided in the father's love by obeying his commandments, you too will obey my commandments. And here's the commandment I want you to think about and do. Love one another as I have loved you. And he doesn't say this is good advice or wouldn't it be cool if, or if you really want to get me a nice present, do this. He says, this is my commandment. You have to, you must. This is imperative. Obey my commandments if you want to abide in my love. And the commandment I mean is love one another as I have loved you. And it wasn't just love one another, period, because you can apply that any way you want. Going, well, okay, I'll just write notes. I'll just be nice. I'll just hold the door open for people. I'll just generally smile and be kind. Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. So you can tell that that love is deep because how did Jesus love us? He laid himself on a cross and he died. And Jesus is going, that's the picture I want you to get of of what I'm commanding you here to do here today. And he go, keeps going in verse 13. He says, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Wow. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. How do we know Jesus loves us? Because he told us? No, the way we know Jesus loved us is because he laid his life down for us. So he says, that's the greatest love. And he told us in verse 12, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. So it's the best love and it's the only love I'm looking for. That you laid down your life for others. And I did it for you, meaning you're my friend. And if you want to do it for your friend, I'm your friend. And therefore, lay down your life for others. So going back to what we started this with, courage. That takes courage because what Jesus has told us is, is not an it's just not an opinion. It's not a, again, it's not just a gift we want to give Jesus. It's something he commanded us to do. If Jesus was going to say, here's what you have to do today, no matter what, get this done. And if you don't get this done, you might not be with me. And if you're not with me, you're on your own. And if you're on your own, you're going to stand on judgment day in your sins and you're going to be condemned. So stay near me, abide in me. And the way that you do that is obey my commandment. And the commandment I want you to obey is love one another as I have loved you. Now get out there and do it. But Lord, it's hard. 
Lord, that's costly. Lord, Beth in the movie, when she tried to do that, she died. You know, she got a fever and she, she died and she should have been wise. She should have hung back. And, and Lord, it's, it's 2020. It's 2020. It's not a good season for us to love. I mean, I get it. I get how important that is. But you got to understand there's a virus out there. And if I'm not careful and I obey your commandment, I could catch the virus and I could die. And I don't think Jesus would object to that. He might, he, he might say to us, you're right, that could happen. But that's exactly what it means to lay your life down. That's exactly what it means to lay your life down. That's exactly what I did for you. But wait a minute, Father. If I, if I go to the earth and pay for their sins, that means I'm going to have to die. That means I'm going to have to lay my life on a cross. And the Father's like, yes, I don't object to that. That's exactly what it means. But that's the greatest love. That's the only love that's going to redeem these people. That's the only love that's going to glorify my name is if you lay yourself on the cross and give your life up for them. So Jesus said, okay, all right. If that's what you're looking for, that's what I'm going to do. If love means laying my life down, then so be it. And he laid his life down. And that's a great story if we put a period there and go, man, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I get to go to heaven because of what you did. But then he says, no, 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 no. Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. If you want to abide in my love, you will also lay down your life for others. And that means love one another no matter the risk. Right? I mean, David and Goliath, why don't you just, David, why don't you wait for an easier component? Wait till someone's smaller up there. Wait till it's easier. Wait till Goliath gets sick. Wait till something happens. And then you go out there and fight him. Uh, Daniel, listen, I understand you want to pray to your God, but they're going to throw you in a lion's den. Why don't you kind of pray in secret? You know, why don't you turn the lights off? Why don't you shut your windows? Um, why don't you just think inwardly and pray that way and, and let nobody know that you're praying? I mean, really, let's be wise here. And Daniel said, no, I'm going to pray to my God. I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm not scared of what's going to happen. They're going to throw you in a lion's den. Well, so be it. I pray to my God because I love him and because he commanded me to. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, you don't want to go in the fiery furnace, right? I understand you don't want to bow down to evil King Nebuchadnezzar, but there's got to be some compromise here. Why don't you, why don't you just do it and, and tell the Lord as you do it, we don't mean this. Bow your head and say, Lord, we don't mean this. We're just doing this so we keep our life and everybody's going to be happy. God's happy. He sees your heart. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar sees that you're bowing and you don't have to go in the fire furnace. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we're not scared. We're not scared. Uh, he's going to do whatever he's going to do and God will allow you to protect us or he won't. And either way, we're going to be fine on the other side. So they didn't bow. They stood their ground. They had courage. They got thrown into the fire furnace and God protected them. But Jesus actually died. Jesus actually gave up his life. Paul actually gave up his life. He went to Jerusalem they threw him in jail, they tried him, and they eventually killed him. And now Jesus is saying to us, you too. You too. Now, you saw what I did for you. And now I'm telling that if you want to abide in my love, you need to do the very same thing. You need to love one another as I have loved you, no matter what. I mean, that's kind of what I see in this passage. I, I, I would love, like you, to find some kind of compromise and some wiggle room there to say, of course you don't mean during 2020, Lord. This is not a good time. We need to stay home. We need to take care of ourselves. This is not a good time to love other people. Because what if I do and what if I catch it? What if I do and what if, you know, something bad happens to me? And Jesus would say to us, do you remember what I did for you? Do you remember that's exactly the scenario that I did for you? I gave myself to loving your soul and something bad happened to me. And so it's not just, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you loved me the same way I loved you? Because that's kind of what love is. That's true. That's, that is what Jesus is saying. But he's also saying, I command it. 
I command it. And we started this podcast by saying, is courage extinct? 2020 is definitely endangering courage. And I'm, I'm, I can't help but notice myself and others around me losing courage. Saying basically in our hearts and outwardly, I can't. I, I can't gather with the church now. I can't love one another now. I can't. It's not a good time. What if, what if, what if? I'm seeing all these people get sick. I'm seeing these things happen. If I love one another now, I might die. And Jesus is going, yes, you might. You might. Now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got protected. Daniel got protected. God could protect you as well. And I think generally speaking, <laughs> he will. God will take care of you if you decide to love. Because there's a whole bunch of stories in scripture where that happened. But is it possible that if we give ourselves to love, we will die? Yes, it is. It is possible. But that's what it means to love. When you love one another as Christ has loved you, you you're willing to give up your life for him. And that means you need courage. That means you need courage. That means the endangered courage that possibly could one day be extinct if 2020 continues is something you and I need to hold to. We need to have the ability to do something that frightens us. There is a virus, there is a threat, but there is a commandment. And let's say it this way. Let's flip it on its end and say, what's really courageous? Is it more courageous to, to love during a pandemic? Is that the most courageous thing to do? Or would it be more dumb, would it be more risky to stand on Judgment Day and to tell the Lord, I didn't obey your commandment. I didn't give up my life. I didn't abide in you. I didn't. And for all the justifications to go away and say, I just, I didn't, Lord. If you put them next to each other, which one seems more risky? Loving and a pandemic kills you and you go to heaven? Because you abided in Jesus and it's clear and it's obvious and on Judgment Day, he says, that's clearly one of my people because he did exactly what I told him to. Or to say, no, I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to make sure this virus doesn't catch me and I'll love one day. And then maybe you don't get that day. Maybe that day never comes. Or maybe Jesus comes back today and you have to stand before him and you have to say to him, I didn't. I didn't. That's the motivation I want to give everyone today to find courage, to be inspired by the old stories of David and Goliath, Daniel and Lion's Den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, Jesus and the cross, Paul in Jerusalem, and say, my Lord commanded it, and my Lord did it for me. How can I withhold love, even during 2020, when my Lord Jesus gave both of his hands to the cross? How can I hold one hand back from him? I can't, and I won't. And I'm going to tell you today that this is going to be a test in my soul as well. That I, I look at that movie where the girl dies and I go, see, that wasn't wise. You should have waited. But then I look at the scripture and go, wait a minute, he commanded it. And my Lord did it for me. I have to. I have to love one another. And I want to love one another because I want to give to Jesus similar to what he gave me. And it's my joy and it's my privilege. And might I catch a virus? Yes, I might. Might I die? It's possible. It's also possible the Lord will protect me. But even if not, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told Nebuchadnezzar, even if we throw into the furnace and we die, as long as he's honored, as long as he's pleased, as long as he's happy, as long as he knows we're with him, it's all that matters. I hope that's an encouragement to you today. Get out there and love one another because it's obvious for the one who loved you to such degrees, and it's a commandment. And we need to love. We need to love right now during this season. And that doesn't mean it doesn't take a little bit of wisdom. 
It does take some wisdom sometimes, but it also means this is not a season to hunker down and to lay low and forget and neglect the commandment of the Lord because today could be the last day we have. And if it is, we all want to make sure that we are obeying the commandments of God. We are abiding in the love of Christ and that one day Jesus knows we're with him. Hope that encourages you today. Hope that brings you courage today to get out there and love one another no matter what. Many blessings to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.